0: course, it's all about um, enjoying the fact that uh, at, when we come to Christ, we, we get a new life. And, and baptism is a symbol of that, when you get washed uh, in there and you come up and you are in a new life, a washed life with Christ, uh, free forever, uh, sinless, uh, and uh, in enjoying his, um, all that God has for you. And, and really, what we're looking at in, in our series is about how we really enjoy that new life in Christ. And we've been going through various uh, passages and we've got to, to now to Galatians chapter 4. And one of the uh, main themes or one of the big themes of Galatians chapter 4 is this, that we are not slaves, but sons. Okay. Um, and uh, what Paul is addressing all the way through Galatians is the fact that the, um, the Galatians, although they started well, have started to go back to fulfill laws and to do things that are um, trying to win God's favor. Just like a slave would. So a slave has to do stuff for the master because otherwise you're going to get into trouble, you're going to get beaten or whatever. And, uh, and the Galatians had gone back to that, a fulfilling and, and in Galatians chapter 4 verse 10 it says, you are observing special days and months and seasons and years. And Paul is saying, why are you doing this? Why are you going back? To slavery when you were brought by Jesus into freedom. So I want to look, uh, I want to focus on uh, four verses uh, of Galatians chapter four, and uh, these are the ones here. It says there, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. ...that we might receive the full rights as sons. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. And so you are no longer a slave, but God's son. And since you are his son, God has made you also an heir. And that's a wonderful set of verses. And what it's saying is, you are sons of God. Now... It's really important to understand what, how this was written, um, because obviously uh, amongst us we have male and female, we have sons and daughters. Now, of course, the reason that uh, the Bible is talking about sons is because in the time it was written, it was the sons who had the status in the family, it was the sons who inherit. Um, now, the wonderful news in Jesus, and we heard about that last week from Rochelle, is that in Christ Christ. We are all sons. None of us are excluded. And uh, and of course, if it was written today, the Bible would probably say something slightly different. Um, Because in our culture, um, although there is still an element of the fact that male uh, male domination and all that, but in our culture, everyone inherits. Um, But we read this last week, and, and Rochelle talked about it. Uh, and says, you are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is a, therefore no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. For you are all one in Christ. And so whoever you are, whatever situation in life you are, whether you're male or female, whether you are a, a landowner or, a, or, a, or just an ordinary person, whatever it might be, whatever status you are in life, Are in Christ and you are a son, and you are treated the same as all the sons of God, and that is really important because we can so often put ourselves down by because of our background, because of who we are, because of where we came from, or because we are female, or because we're male, or whatever it might be. We can can say that we don't have the same status as somebody else for all sorts of reasons, and the Bible is saying, No, no, that's not true, everyone has the same. Status. It's not about being male. It's about being sons of God. It's about who we are in Christ. Now, through Jesus, we have been given sonship. And we've been given full rights as sons. That's what I just want to look about. What does it mean we have been given full rights as sons? And at this point, I want to talk about this. Okay, It's really important because... This is a goodie drawer. Okay, now most houses have one. We have. In fact, it was a drawer. It's now become a cupboard. Um, uh, which is important because, uh, because obviously you need goodies uh, all the way through uh, the day um, and, the, and the evening and maybe sometimes at night just to, to keep going. Now, we have our, this isn't our goodie drawer. Um, we, have there, we have a cupboard. Um, but this is a place that is only known to the members of the house. Um, so those that have been to our house have not seen probably our goody cupboard, because well, it's you know it's for special special occasions for you know for us to enjoy. However, um, we also uh, have people come to our house who have keys, which are our children and our children-in-law, um, and they know where our goody drawer is, and it's. Uh, quite often, if uh, if they're coming to lunch, in fact, they're coming, one of them are coming to lunch today. I will not be surprised if, when we get there, they have raided the goody <laughs> tub <time. laughs> because the lunch is late and all that. Now, that is uh, an interesting thing. Now, we also noticed um, early on in our uh, when my son got married that um, our daughter-in-law also felt able to come in and raid the goodie cupboard. And then our <coughs> my, my son's-in-law uh, came and uh, m- one of my son's-in-law's discovered where I keep my beers. <laughs> and he feels it quite uh, acceptable for, if he fancied one, to go and get one. Now, how do I feel about that? Any ideas? Happy. Thank you. I am really happy about that. Because all the way through we wanted our uh, daughter-in-law and sons-in-law to be accepted as sons and daughters. The same rights as our own natural children. We wanted them to feel fully accepted. We wanted them to have those rights. To be able to come into our house with us not there and to go to our goodie cupboard and to take whatever they wanted. And for us that was a real... Breakthrough, a really, a really good sign that actually, you know, um, we're really pleased. They are feeling accepted. They're feeling the same, right, in fact our daughter and I I think does a little bit more even than my son does. But anyway, that's, that's <laughs> absolutely fine. We're really pleased about that. Now, how did we achieve that? Well, we made them feel welcome and we contributed a bit to the wedding. But we feel good about that. What about Jesus? What about him? He cost him so much more to give us that sort of right. How does he feel when we act as true sons and daughters? How do we? How does he feel when he, <coughs> when we fully access everything that he has made available to us? If I feel happy when my uh, uh, sons and daughters-in-law do that, and I have done so little to achieve that. How much more will Jesus enjoy the fact that we have accessed everything that is ours in Christ? You see, Jesus came and he sacrificed. He lived a life, he sacrificed, so that we could have full rights as sons. And he looked... And he saw this happening and he rejoiced and he said, I want them to have all this access. I want them to know what it is to have access to my house. And it will cost me an awful lot. But that's what I want. That's what I want for my children. I want them to really experience full access to my house. And that's what we have in Christ. But what, what, would, he, what would I feel like? What would it just it just?" Think about this for one time, that um, we have uh, access, we have identity, but what happens one day that my uh, children turn up and my son is there on the door and saying, oh, dad, dad, uh, you know, I've, um, I've been a really good employee this week, I've done really well, and, and I've, I've really looked after my wife as well, and I've been a really good dad, and I've not done anything wrong Can I come in? And I'm thinking, why would you say that to me? Why would you try and justify coming in to my house with all the good things that you've done? And I I would be horrified. I'm thinking, well, you you don't have to do that. Access to my house is because you're my son, not because you've done loads of good things. Or, 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 alternatively, we, we, you know, uh, my my daughter-in-law comes with her with her, her children, comes into the house, and says, "Oh, oh um, Tom's not coming in today. He's sitting in the car because he doesn't feel he can come in because on driving over here, um, he he got he got caught by a speed camera, and because he's broken the law, he doesn't feel he can come in." And you think, no, that's not how it works. And yet we so often do that with God. Because we have broken the law, we think, we think, well, the access is gone somehow. We, we can't go in. Or actually, I haven't done enough good things this week and God won't be that pleased with me. And of course it doesn't, of course it doesn't make any sense as, as a human. I would say, well, he's got to come in. Okay, there may be a consequence to what he's done. We'll sort that out together. If he can't pay the fine, I'll help him pay it. Or whatever it is. He, you know, Just because he's broken the law doesn't mean he hasn't got full access. And yet sometimes we have this attitude to God that thinks, oh, because I've not been what I should have been this week or because I've, I've not done everything I should have done, we don't have the same access. And God is saying, no, that's not how it works. You have full access through Jesus. And whether you've been terrible this week, whether you've messed up, every day and whether you've not done anything good or whether you've done loads of good things access is yours through Jesus. And we must never think that we haven't done enough or we've done something wrong that stops us coming close to Jesus. Now there may be consequences of what we've done and maybe we all have to sort it out but that's what God does for us. As we come into the house as we are there with him he helps us through this stuff. But as full access and full rights as sons. And so, Jesus has won that for us, and we must never put on ourselves that which says, I haven't got access, I can't come to Jesus, I need extra this to sort this out first. It's not how it works. But then you might say, okay, so I've got access, I know my status, I know God is my Father, I have an honored position. It might be, but you, now, uh, this is not a brilliant illustration, but um, um, it's the only one I can come up with. Talking about the next verse. And um, it might be a little bit like, yes, a mother or somebody talking to someone and saying, oh, this, this is a picture of your father. He is a great man. You are so honoured to have him as your father. He, he's not, here he at the moment, he's overseas. About, but he provides for us and he, he's, he's a, you know, and he is such a good, good man. And yet you're looking at this photograph and you think, wow, you know, that's really great. I'm, I can feel honoured that, that he's my father and I feel honoured that he's really good and that he's providing and he's everything. But, you know, what I really want is to have him here. I want him to be close to him. I want to experience him. And so what we have is the next verse, which says this. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out Abba, Father. And the role of the Holy Spirit is to help you, help us experience who God is for ourselves. You see, when Jesus was here on earth, you could see there was this amazing relationship between him and the Father. He talked to the Father constantly, he was always going and spending time with the Father. Uh, he, he, he talked about, I and the Father are one. He had that such intimate, close relationship with Jesus. He enjoyed the being in his Father's presence all the time. He just loved it. And then this verse is incredible, because that same spirit that enabled Jesus to have that is in us. He's been given to us, the spirit of Jesus. It's not, not used that term very often in the Bible, but here Paul is emphasising it's the same spirit that Jesus had, that in Nathan had that such intimate, close connection with, with the Father, that is in you. And you can therefore have that cl- close, intimate relationship with the Father that Jesus had. And that's why you've got a son. Now it doesn't, it's not, these verses aren't one after the other, so you become a son, then you wait a bit, and then you get the spirit, then the, No, no, it all happens together. Because you are a son, you get the spirit. And the spirit is there to lead us into that intimate close relationship with the Father. And that is our right as sons. That's part of the right of sons, is to know that. And we shouldn't settle for a, a photograph, if you were, of what it's like to know God. That's, you know, we can know that we have this wonderful status, but that's God wants us to know intimately his love, his presence, his goodness, his uh, you know, activity in our lives. And that is through the Holy Spirit. And as we engage with the Holy Spirit, he will help us to experience more and more of that. And that is what it is to have true rights as sons. That is your right. It's not through anything you've done, not through, not through uh, um, you know, your efforts or anything. It's, it's through what Jesus has done. And, uh, and, uh, and, and we shouldn't settle for not knowing that intimacy with God. Uh, and we should really be pressing into that because that's what is for us and to know it for ourselves. And it's a wonderful truth that the Holy Spirit is there to dr- bring us that close, uh, intimate relationship with Jesus. And just to go on to the final verse, it says there, so you are no longer a slave but a son. And since you are his son, God has made you also an heir. And so this follows on again. So we, are, we have four rights as sons. We have full access. We have status. We have the Holy Spirit inside us so that we can really know what it is to have intimacy with God and, and to know the Father. And so that we can cry out, Abba. We can cry out, cry out Daddy, Dad. We can, we can know his presence. We can be intimate with him. And then we also are an heir. We inherit. And, uh, and so, what we might understand from this is that, um, again, it was in those days, it was just the sons who inherited. But now, of course, all of us, through Jesus, um, and we saw that verse before, uh, have an inheritance. Now, before I talk about what that inheritance is, I want to talk about how, um, going back to the Old Testament and thinking about the people of Israel and they had a promise of an inheritance which was the promised land and they were uh, people that um, were were in slaves, slavery in Egypt and God redeemed them from there, took them out, they went through the Red Sea and the River Jordan a bit like baptism like we witnessed today and uh, in fact it's allied to baptism um, in the Bible and so they then enter the promised land they are there and this is their inheritance they are children of God And they're standing um, in the Promised Land. And and they're told, go and take possession of it. This is yours. This is all yours. Go and take possession of it. Now, the problem they had was that they started, and yet they didn't finish it. They had started. They they were standing on the other side of the the River Jordan, and and they they saw Jericho, and they, they, they beat Jericho. And yet they started... Doubting what God could do. They started moving away from getting everything. And they didn't, in the end, they didn't inherit everything that God had for them. Uh, they stayed in the margins and they let events and all sorts of things and they, they tolerated stuff that they shouldn't tolerate. And all this sort of stuff prevented them having their inheritance. And it, it can be like for us today. You see, God has for us a wonderful inheritance. Now, there are two bits to it. Firstly, there is the inheritance that is kept in heaven for us. And one Peter talks about that. And there is uh, ultimately one day going to be when we are uh, when we go uh, to glory and we are going to experience joys unspeakable. We just will not know anything uh, like it in this life. And uh, that is kept in heaven for us and that is our inheritance and that is something that we can look forward to, we can be sure of, that uh, when we die or when Christ comes, we are going to enjoy eternity face-to-face with Jesus. And that is yes. just going to be amazing. And that inheritance is uh, its never going to perish, spoil, or fade. It's going to be there for us. <laughs> Kept in heaven. But there is an element of that inheritance that we can enjoy now. And that is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about enjoying our inheritance with, uh, our, uh, w- with our life here and now. And that is what the, the people of Israel didn't fully do. And actually, sometimes we don't always do it and i think uh, it's something that we uh, we we are encouraged to press into everything that god has for us here he wants us to enjoy it that's why he died on the cross he wanted us to be sons but to enjoy an inheritance and uh, and so she might say well, what are they what are those inheritance well what i, I what i that we could go on many sermons about this but what i wanted to do is just remind ourselves of the word that Rob Aitken bought last week because actually that in many ways sums up some of the inheritance that is ours in Jesus. So I'm just going to read bits of this out. I've written it up here again. So it says there, trust, I want you to trust in me and my goodness over you. We've already heard uh, from Joe uh, today the day about the goodness of God being for us. I want you to rest in me and learn and grow into rest in me. Partnership. I will lead you in this trust. Peace. I want you to walk in my peace and know my peace and teach others of my peace. Rest. I want you to walk in my rest and teach others to walk in my rest. Hope. I want you to walk in my hope and to rest in my hope and teach others to walk and rest in my hope. I will lead you and teach you, and train you, and grow you. I am also with you, and promise never to leave you. Fear not, fear not, fear not, for I am with you, and promise to always be with you. I delight in my work in you, and the work I am doing through you. Be at peace. My peace I leave with you. Wear it around your neck. There is so much in there, which is our rightful inheritance in Christ. Peace, knowing the goodness of God, knowing the love of God, knowing the rest of God, knowing hope, knowing purpose, being transformed into the likeness of Christ. That is all ours for us right now. We don't have to wait for it. It's not something that we have to earn. It's, it's something that is ours in Christ. And I, I, I love the way uh, that was brought because... It's not, it's not something that we could hope in the future for. We can have it now. And we need to press in. And we get it not through works. We get it through engaging with the Holy Spirit. Because he's been given to us as a guarantee of that inheritance. He is the one that brings it to us. Now, it can be hard understanding and getting into all this when we are facing really tough times. And I know many of you are facing really challenging situations. And how do we inherit, how do we experience that inheritance in the midst of, of all sorts of stuff going on? What I would say is believe it's for you and don't give up. Trust in God. It says in Psalm 27, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. He is uh, wanting you to enjoy it. He died so that you could have it. He wants us to experience what it means to be a true son and experiencing that wonderful inheritance that is for us. And so I just want us, in just in closing, um, just to spend a moment thinking about what areas of my inheritance would I like to enter into more. Okay, just think about that for a moment. I'm going to put a few thoughts up on here, um, and you can perhaps just read them. There may be something else that you you would like, and I just want us to spend a moment asking God to say, actually, as a son, as a true son of God, who has the spirit. Lord, I want to enter more into whichever one of these is on your heart at the moment. And and just to say, God, this is my inheritance. This is what you are won for me on the cross. Lord, I want to know more of this. And engage with the Holy Spirit. And say, Happy Spirit, you lead me into this. Maybe it's love. Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's rest. I don't know. Let's just spend... A moment and just let God speak to you, that you may be drawn into more of your inheritance. I just want to thank you for what you've done for us. Lord, you came, you fulfilled the law, you redeemed us from under the law, Lord, and you've made us true, full sons of God. Thank you, Jesus, for that sacrifice. Thank you that we have free access at all times, regardless of our performance, regardless of anything we've done. We have full access, we have full rights as sons. And God, I ask now that we would enter in to more of our inheritance in you. Holy Spirit, will you reveal the reality of peace and rest and hope and freedom from fear? Jesus, will you reveal the wonderful truth that you are a provider? you are full of goodness, that we have purpose, Jesus, through, through what you've done for us. Lord, let us experience this inheritance that you have for us. Lord, let it be a daily experience. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you delight, you so delight when we when we enter into this stuff. You're so happy. You're so rejoicing when we feel at rest. You're so happy when we feel at peace. Because that's what you've won for us. Lord, you so delight when your people are so full of hope. Thank you for bringing the joy to your heart. And Lord, we want to experience more and more of this. Because it's ours in Christ. It's ours.